We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast for part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason, FIBA World Cup is in full swing. Nikola Vucevic is playing for Montenegro. They went up against Team USA today, and they had the Americans on the ropes. Montenegro led at the half. It was like a one-possession game within the final four minutes of regulation, but Team USA prevails. They beat Montenegro to stay undefeated in the World Cup. They win 85-73. Uh, Vooch and Marco Simonovic, uh, former uh, Bulls legend, both starting in the front court for Montenegro. They gave uh, they gave USA some trouble. Vooch finished with 18 points on 8 of 19 shooting from the field, so not his most efficient game. Also had 16 rebounds, 7 on the offensive glass. Uh, Vooch's dominance inside forced Steve Kerr to play Walker Kessler meaningful minutes for the first time all tournament. Kessler had sort of been out of the rotation for Team USA, but, you know, when the Marco Vooch front line is just banging you inside, you need to go to Walker Kessler. So, uh, been really fun watching the World Cup. I've, uh, I wrote a post sort of ranking the 16 teams still standing in the field, by their chances of winning, I will be doing the same thing for the round of eight. And there were some wild upsets today, Jason. Uh, Latvia beats Spain. Brazil, who was dead last, number 16 in my power rankings post, with Cristiano Felicio as their deep bench center, and Iago Santos, a five foot nine point guard who was on the Bulls summer league team. They somehow beat Canada, a Canadian team led by Shea Gilgis Alexander, RJ Barrett, Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort, Dwight Powell, Kelly Olinick. Brazil did not have one NBA player on that roster who's currently on an NBA roster. 
and they beat a Canadian team full of them. So now Canada versus Spain on Sunday is an elimination game. One of those two teams is going home. Same thing for Brazil versus Latvia. Uh, World Cup, super fun, Jace. I love FIBA play. And uh, we also got a Vooch interview we can chat a little bit about with Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports. Uh, Jace, how you doing, man? I am uh, doing all right. It's Friday. It's exciting. Uh, this Team USA Montenegro game was at, I believe, like 4 a.m. our time. So I certainly, I did not get up and watch this game. Uh, I woke up at like, I think right as it was ending, actually, at like 5.30, uh, 6, and saw what happened and thought that it was close and they pulled it out. Uh, Team USA, as you said, they're undefeated so far. Uh, g- g- always good for them to get a test. The next game against Lithuania and uh, Jonas Valanciunas should be really interesting um, because Team USA has had some problems just against size, as you mentioned, with Vooch kind of dominating the boards. Montenegro dominated the boards in general. Uh, I know Anthony Edwards had a really rough first half, really picked up in the second half, and he's kind of been like the face of this team. Uh, Austin Reeves, clutch three-pointer. Uh, Austin Reeves has been, sad to say, really good, and there's so much Austin Reeves hype building up for this season right now for the Lakers because he's 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 been really good for this American team off the bench. Uh, just does a lot of little things. Like I said, he hit the sick step-back three pointer with team USA four points I think with like three minutes to go that put him up seven was kind of a bit of a dagger uh there um so yeah it'll be interesting to see yeah, with this Canada upset as well like uh because Canada romped through their group their round one I think they had a better I think their point differential was like over 100 because they won one game like 50 or something like that uh and like everyone was wondering like oh are they going to be a threat to the U.S. and now they lose this game and now they have to face Spain. I know Spain's not quite as strong as they used to be, but I think Spain is like ranked number one right now, correct? Uh, in the world over the US because of what happened, like has happened recently. Uh, so like that, Canada loses and they don't automatically qualify for the Olympics after this tournament. That'd be fucking brutal if they get knocked out here. Um, but yeah, so Team USA g- always going to get some adversity before these kind of these metal round games and they, they hunkered down. We've seen it happen a few times here, even like before the FIBA World Cup started, they had a couple close games. There was the game against Germany where they were down big and they were down late and they went on like a huge run to finish the game. So they've they've been able to buckle down. Uh, I think they've gone to a lineup. I think these, this closing lineup has been like uh, Reeves, as I mentioned, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, who had a really nice game today and Steve Kerr was talking him up. Um, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. and then Michael Bridges, I believe, has kind of been their go-to like Here's what we need to do when we are when we really need to, like I said, hunker down here and win the game in winning time. So uh, we've talked about it a little bit here. Like uh, it's an interesting team, just with like not the quite the uh, total like star power, but uh, they've got some guys who've been filling roles. Uh, I know like they've just made the the starting lineup change with Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram because Ingram has not been playing well. Uh, this type of tournament it seems like it's not or this the FIBA ball just doesn't seem like it's really just like. Good for hit Brandon Ingram style. Josh Hart's more of an energy guy, gets a shit ton of rebounds. Uh, so Kerr has gone, made that lineup change. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they face, match up against Lithuania uh, coming up. We'll see. I know we talked about in our last pod, like um, who would I take USA for the field with Canada going down here? Like it seemed like they were the biggest threat. Uh, it seems uh, you. Uh, we'll see. Like I still feel like I might take the field, but 
uh, USA has done pretty good. So anyways, moving on from them, we could talk about Vooch here. Uh, Vooch did have a pretty solid game, a double-double. wasn't the most efficient. I believe he had 18 points and 18 shots. Uh, I think he had 15 or 16 rebounds. But the Vooch interview that you brought up, he did that. He talked to Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, uh, talking about the Bulls uh, and kind of just his situation. There was also a lot about Lonzo Ball. and like I feel like a lot of the focus of this interview was about Lonzo and just about how much they miss him uh, and how everything clicked together with Lonzo. Um, and just like how they feels for him and all that kind of stuff. Um, the kicker on this article was, uh, kind of talking about how this is, he thinks, oh, this is like our last chance. Uh, we know we can do better. We have to do better. And we know it's kind of our last chance as this core of guys to do something kind of interesting there, kind of recognizing like this is probably it for them before maybe they make some moves. And obviously, we've talked about the moves that they've made ad nauseum or what they could do moving forward with this team and this core. Um, but he, there was also a some talk about how just like he's been used here in Chicago, which was kind of interesting. Here's the it's a pretty long quote, but F, kind of going back to the magic trade and talked about how uh, it was a big shock for him of uprooting his family, finding new schools uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then now he says, here's here's kind of the rest of this. I think as time went on, it made the most sense for both sides. I know in Chicago, people have different opinions of how it's been for me, but it's not the same same situation I had in Orlando. I'm not used the same way. Yeah, we know. I'm not playing the same way, although I felt this year was one of my best ever. Scoring-wise, no, but I'm taking five, six, slash, six shots less than I did in Orlando. It's different strengths. It's made me a better overall player for sure and helped me mature, be able to adapt better playing with different types of players in a different system. Um, so kind of interesting just take here from which and he's obviously right. He has uh, he gets the ball less. His usage has come down. We all know that uh, we wonder if that is a point of contention there, possibly. And I know like the broadcast, Stacey King is always hammering home about how they need to pound the ball to Vooch. And a lot of people, I think, think the Bulls need to get Vooch more involved because they get him involved early in a lot of games. And then it kind of tails off. And he so often becomes invisible as the game goes on, as we know, like getting into crunch time and stuff like that. It turns into like the DeMar and Zach show and Vooch kind of falls away there often in crunch time. So um, was there anything in this interview that stood out to you about, I mean, the Lonzo stuff is pretty straightforward. We know the Bulls miss Lonzo and he, that, um, like I said, just kind of speaking the obvious there about the Lonzo stuff and all that, but some of this other stuff um, with just kind of his usage and he talked about he talk, there's another quote about comfort zone and how having to adapt can't get complacent about that stuff. So, yeah, thoughts on the Vooch interview. There's one newsworthy quote in this article, and it is the last the last chance of the yeah. article, the last yeah. part of the article where Vooch goes, quote, we know we can do better. We have to do better. And we know it's kind of our last chance as this core of guys to do something. Well, Jace, you might think that quote is about DeMar DeRozan, who is currently on the last year of his contract with the Bulls. But given what Mark Eversley was saying in his recent media tour about the team's desire to retain DeRozan, and given the trade rumors we heard both at the deadline and in the offseason centered around Zach Levine with the biggest buzz connecting him to the New York Knicks, I do wonder, Jason, if, you know, if this is the last the last dance for this group <laughs> of the Bulls, which guy is most likely to go? It's unlikely to be Vooch, in my opinion, because he just signed the three-year $60 million deal. 
Uh, you know, he'll have two years left on that contract. Is anyone taking Vooch for two years, 40 million left on that deal? I don't know. Maybe like it's going to be, you need a perfect fit and a team that, uh, you know, would be willing to match the salary and then probably go into the tax. If you're going to have a good team, uh, that can also pay Vooch $20 million a year. So I'm skeptical that they're going to be able to get off Vooch's contract. Uh, which, you know, this was framed as a hometown discount for the Bulls to retain Vooch at three for 60. Is it really a hometown discount if you can't really think of another team that would take him onto their roster for that cap slot? We'll see. So then it really comes down to DeMar or Zach. Uh, To me, DeMar is the guy who raises the floor. Zach is the guy who raises the ceiling. Uh, With DeMar is their lead ball handler. The Bulls can at least talk themselves into being an average team because DeMar is really strong on the ball. He doesn't turn it over much. He plays a very methodical style of play, obviously incredibly technically skilled inside of the three-point arc. Uh, And that's really what the Bulls haven't had since they traded Jimmy Butler is a guy who you can just give the ball to and run the offense through. They tried to make Zach Levine that guy uh, before DeRozan and Vucevic got here, and the returns were pretty disastrous. Now, obviously, the Bulls had horrible coaching during those years with Jim Boylan and Fred Hoiberg. They had horrible supporting cast, really young players uh, who had yet to hit their peak with Lowry Markin and Wendell Carter being the two guys who they drafted and let go of. Uh I, what do you think, Jace? Who do you think's more? If this is truly the Bulls' last dance, as Vucevic said, do you think they are more likely to move off DeRozan, who would be a free agent, or Levine, who signed long term? I believe for three more years after next season. I mean, all the chatter has been about Levine trades. There's been like nothing out there about Demar trades, uh, even the whatever going back to last year. This offseason, I feel like there's been nothing. It's all been the Bulls are gauging on Levine and like are asking for a lot. Um, Jake Fisher brought it up again in this Vooch interview. Again, that's kind of old news. It's been talked about for the last couple of months now in this offseason about how the Bulls were kind of like I said, gauging the market for him to see it, but they were asking for a lot. Uh, and it doesn't seem like anyone's really come to the table with anything that great. Uh, and just like it seems like rumblings are that. Maybe that I don't know. This front office doesn't love Levine. They obviously gave him the big contract, but you kind of needed to at that point. Um, like it would be weird to like trade Zach and then try to go forward with a core of whatever Demar Vooch and whatever you get back for Zach and I guess then Pat Kobe. Uh, that seems kind of weird, but again, we've talked about if they if you get like an awesome trade offer for Zach, like I'm fine taking it, but like. He still is whatever in his late 20s. He's been pretty durable, even with his knee issues. And I mean, he's one of the better scorers. So, like, it, it does seem weird. And, like, a lot of it could just depend on it. We'll see what happens. We, we talked about this, too, the DeMar extension stuff. Like, if they give him an extension that's, like, a couple of years, then the answer would then definitely, I feel like, be Zach. I mean, they'd probably trade him if things go bad this year. Or maybe even they'd, even if things go decently well, maybe they would still trade him and try to get something even better. So, it seems like... and. This was on Twitter. There's that. I don't remember what the Twitter account is. Uh, this guy who's like this anonymous guy who like claims that he has sources, might have sources put out. Uh, do you remember what that account is called, Ricky? Dropping Dimes 20, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Put out like another like cryptic, oh, like the about Zach getting traded. 
uh, sometime soon. Like not like imminent or anything like that, but just kind of throwing it out there like about the Bulls looking at trading Zach. So like, it seems like a lot of the rumblings have been that it would be Zach is the one to be traded. And we know Eversley talked about DeMar and that the interview he did with Darnell about how he likes him and he's been great for us, want him around long term. So like, uh, I don't know if they've talked about Zach that way. I can't remember, but it just seems like a lot of the rumblings are that Zach is the one they want to trade, but we'll see. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So then the next question is, what would what sort of season do the Bulls have to have coming up to keep this group together one more year? Now, I think that most Bulls fans, when they heard that quote from Vooch, that Vooch says, we have to do better, otherwise this is our last chance. Uh, I think most Bulls fans are super happy to hear that quote. Nobody is clamoring to keep this team together and to continue to give this team more chances. Uh, but if the Bulls, let's say, get the sixth seed this year, let's say 45-46 wins, but lose in the first round, do you think the Bulls would talk themselves into Lonzo Ball coming back after missing two and a half full seasons, still under contract? I believe he would then be in the last year of his contract a year from now. I believe he has two years left of yeah. a deal heading into this season. Uh you know, would that be enough for the Bulls to decide to keep this core together? There was also an aggregated rumor from Darnell Mayberry's mailbag at The Athletic, which uh, was basically totally twisted and, you know, like taken pretty much out of context. But it said that Darnell was like, yeah, you know, I think the Bulls will keep an eye on Giannis is a free agent in 2025 and, you know, make him their priority. So, Jason, we've been, like, making fun of the Bulls from, like, the 2014 plan, the 2017 plan, the 2010 plan, about them always going after the marquee free agent. And I just chuckled when I saw, you know, Bulls fan sites aggregating that rumor. Oh, the Bulls are targeting Giannis and Dedekumpo in free agency 2020. Every team is doing that. (laughs) Every team is doing that. And, yes, Giannis will have better options than to come play for the Bulls, almost certainly. Because uh, Giannis has already said that winning championships is his biggest priority, and it's hard to think the Bulls will give Giannis the best chance to win a championship. But Jason, uh, you know, I- I'm just curious. Like, what would the Bulls have to do this year to keep this team together one more time? And then, yeah, it's like it's either Demar or Zach that has to go. And I'll give my two cents on this. I'd rather keep Zach. I don't think it's that hard. Zach's younger. He's the it's, better shooter. Demar is great. Like we've loved what Demar's going, but again, he's thirty-five. Like he just 
like this you and that we've talked about how we think he might age all right because he's such a master of his craft his footwork's great he gets to his spots but like once i feel like some of that goes like i could get not great if he still tries to play the way he does and like the efficiency starts really falling off uh he's 35 like you just can't keep like going forward if you're if you are not like getting better like you mentioned like, yes the question is like what do they need to do to keep it together like i feel like the answer should be they need to win a playoff series like if you whatever you get in the playoffs say you're yeah top six or even if you they get there through the play in turn but then you get smoked in the first round like you just can't keep this core together when like two of these guys are 34 36 years old like going into next season like what are you and doing have, you're, you're going nowhere yeah now the team could be you know a little bit better than average this year the bulls present i think is arguably okay I mean, just given the fact that their goal isn't to win the championship, like they want to get in the playoffs. They may have a team this year that can get in the playoffs. We'll see. I think their margin for error is very small. Like they basically need to get the best case scenario to qualify for the playoffs without having to go in the playing tournament this year. Uh, But what's really sort of a bummer about the Bulls current situation is their future just looks like nothing. Right. Like the two best young, play- the three best young players on the team, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Io DeSumo. If you were taking the, you know, the best guys under 23, 24 from every team in the league, like the Bulls are near the bottom of the NBA in terms of their young talent base. Dalen Terry might not even look like an NBA player. Julian Phillips still way too raw to count on him to contribute. And yeah, like we're going to spend this whole year saying it's a big year for Patrick Williams, just like we have the last two years. We're going to spend this whole year saying, is this the year Kobe White puts it together? And I do think Pat and Kobe are going to get a little bit better this year. I believe that Io can have a bounce back year in him. But, you know, Pat might have the potential still to be like a top three guy on a good team. But even that would be a major accomplishment for Patrick Williams to go from where he is today, which is someone who basically can't score 20 points in a game of his life dependent on it, to become a top three overall player on a good team. That would require a pretty big leap in terms of personal improvement from Patrick Williams. So uh, while the Bulls present, you know, I can talk myself into being excited about this year after signing Javon Carter. I think he's going to be a good addition. Uh, I like you know, the top 11 of the roster, but damn, I'm going to keep saying it. This roster has no depth. Just hey man, zero depth Carla Jones top. is th- throwing up near triple doubles in the FIBA World Cup. I forgot to bring him up earlier. Honestly, though, shout out to Carla Jones for playing really well. It's cool to see for at South Sedan, right? Yeah. Uh, I think he. I think that would have been the first triple double in FIBA World Cup. I think he came like an assist short uh, the other day or something like that. So like, yeah. kudos to him. Like, who knows? Like, I don't, he's not a partially guaranteed deal or not, whatever the kind of contract he is. Who knows if he actually gets that contract guaranteed or if he plays, but want to give him a shout out for the, at the end of the roster. Because, but in general, you're right. Obviously, we've talked about this. Like the depth does not look great. Maybe, maybe someone does come up and surprise us, but uh, it does not look great right now at the end of the roster. Yes. If there's injuries, like they're probably totally screwed. Um, hey, Jason, you, let me complete my, let me complete my thought here. Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to say, like, you know, the present looks okay. The future looks pretty bleak. And I remember we had Chris Amundsen on as a guest earlier this offseason. He said, like, you know, the Bulls are hurtling towards a rebuild, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. And that was kind of what I came back to reading that Vooch quote of him saying, like, you know, this is our last chance to prove it with this core. Like, 
okay, if it's your last chance, like we all know this team's not going to be that good. Like their ceiling is to maybe win a series. And even that, what what percent chance do you give the Bulls to win a series, win a playoff series heading into this season? A five to 10% chance? I was going to say 10. Uh, again, you, they just need a lot to go right to like get a good enough seed. And then like maybe they get you get injury luck from a first, like a higher seeded team. Uh, you, or you get the Patrick Williams leap that we've been waiting for. Uh, that like helps push them up the standings. Like again, it's so much has to go right for them to even have a good chance of winning that first round series. And like, it does seem like that's what they're going like the future, like the, the Darnell stuff about Giannis, like they're trying to stay like competitive enough where they're like somewhat attractive to a star to play in this big market. But again, there's always, there's bigger markets. I mean, the Lakers and Knicks, like Obviously, we're like thrown out already. Like, oh, like teams are speculating about the Lakers. I mean, those teams always when these guys become available. And even if they're not, like, whatever, like, whatever. Again, the Bulls have to show that they have like some type of future upside to be a contender. If you're going to get a guy like Giannis or somebody else, because they don't, they don't, their trade assets like aren't that great either. I know, like, whatever. Or like, if you're even if the trade assets aren't great, like a t- if a guy's going to force his way to a team, like maybe the trade assets you don't need as many. If that he wants to go there, but again, you need to show that you a player will want to force his force his way to you uh, for you to maybe not give up as much because the bulls just don't have as much trade assets, but the bulls going to show that in the next couple of years that they're like that attractive of a spot for a superstar like Giannis or whoever else Embiid, whoever the hell it is, hell else it is who asks out or is going to change teams. And like right now it's just like their hope is that they're good enough in these next couple of years or next year for like to become attractive. Like, will they be, I don't know. Again, like if they make the playoffs and get romped out again, like, I know if they win a series and then maybe put up a fight in the second round, maybe. And like, could they, again, the chances of them doing that are very low uh, again, like there's all rebuilding. Also, like you need the chances of like the, the chances aren't great either there. If you like blow it up, you still have to get that superstar player and build all around them too. So like we've talked about like the tanking versus not tanking and trying to stay competitive bit, but like, uh, yeah, like yeah, it's so- clearly they're trying to stay competitive. And get put themselves in position to like possibly be a player for the next star, as kind of Darnell said. Like, uh, and it's kind of the same thing that they've always done with the the plan, the 2010 plan, 2014 plan. Uh, with the 2010 plan, I love how that came up again recently about how the Bulls were going to get whatever the big three if they only were able to trade Lou All Dang. You have to really stick that dagger in our uh, all love to Lou All Dang, but like, God, I would have traded him and like anything else to get LeBron D Wade and Bosch to Chicago. Uh, but enough of that. But yeah. I mean, it's clearly what they're going for. Uh, will it work? Uh, probably not, but I guess we have to hold on, hold out hope that it does. <laughs> it's like Chris said, the bulls are in denial about the fact that they're heading towards a rebuild. And if this was, if they could have accepted this, you know, they would have gotten assets for these guys now while well, they could have, they could have traded Demar at the last trade deadline, not doing that. Uh, you know, hampered whatever the next era of Chicago Bulls basketball is because you could have gotten a couple draft picks for him, moved off him. Even when we said, you know, oh, we don't want the Lakers 2029 first round draft pick. And I agree that that is so far in the future that it's hard to really like ascribe value to it. But, you know, you could have had something that could have been a trade chip or, you know, a pick you could have used. Uh, they decided to hold on to DeMar. They decided to re-sign Vooch. And now Vooch is saying in the first year of a, th- a three-year contract heading into it, he's saying this is our last chance to prove 
that we deserve to stick together. And it's like, all right, well, the chances that you can actually like be good enough to merit sticking around another year are just pretty low. The young talent on the roster isn't good enough. And it is just sort of like, while I'm excited for this year, like when we say the Bulls aren't going anywhere, it's because they don't really have that bright of a present and their future looks even worse than their present. So uh, rough times, Jace. I'm still excited for this season, yeah. no doubt. They talk ourselves into it. We need some. We need basketball. I mean, I know we got FIBA World Cup going on, but now, like, besides that, it's the barren part of the basketball schedule, and uh, the Twitter discussions are brutal, and it's when everyone's just, like, throwing out engagement bait. We need some actual basketball back to talk about. Training camp's in, like, a month. We need it. We need it soon. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I did want to give a shout-out to uh, Jamal Collier at the at ESPN. Uh this is the article is kind of funny. I'm not going to say it, this is bad, but like he wrote about how, like why the bulls love ballot. The, the headline of this article is from Chicago, like the, whatever the D Rose intros and like IO gets that too. Why the bulls value in bringing hometown players. We used to have the old joke about the house in the area with Kirk Heinrich. And that's why the bulls brought him back and all that stuff. Honestly, this was a, this was a good article. Just talking about how the bulls, why they like Chicago guys. And of course, like, Besides D Rose, like they brought in Patrick Beverly last year, they drafted Io, they brought in Javon Carter, all Chicago guys. Uh, and Mark Eversley had some quotes in here just talking about how well it's like it's not like whatever they're not going out and be like, oh, we need Chicago guys. But like he's like, if they're fit, if they fit what we do, and we and they're from Chicago, that's even better. <laughs> the quote almost had a boil in it. Here's a quote that almost was Jim Boylan asked, when we go out and get kids who can check a lot of boxes on the court, it's definitely a bonus when they're from Chicago. There's just a certain pride that I think those kids wear on their chest. Anytime you have a Chicago kid playing for the Chicago Bulls, it is a really special, special thing. Wearing Bulls in Chicago across the chest with these guys. But uh, I make jokes, but like obviously like whatever. The house in the area thing was a long time Chicago meme. But this is a good article from Jamal from Jamal just talking about uh the Chicago Chicago uh, basketball scene, we know that's one of the biggest basketball scenes with a lot of talent coming out of Chicago. Uh, so if you haven't, go read this good article to read from Jamal. Just wanted to give that shout out to him and uh, just talking about Chicago basketball in general. So, uh, Ricky, you have anything else uh, today? Are we good to wrap this up? We can wrap it up. All right, man. Uh, it's, week, it's the weekend. It's Friday. Ricky, you're going to a wedding. Enjoy your wedding today. I'm excited for the weekend. Uh, That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, Tons of great podcasts all across the Blue Wire Network, whether it's basketball stuff, tons of other sports, Blue Wire, place to find us and all these other great pods. For us at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places wherever you get your pods. You can follow me on the place formerly known as Twitter, at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. So, me and Ricky, it's been Cash Considerations, HCI Bulls Podcast. We'll be back. Who knows when? Again, maybe we'll talk more FIBA World Cup next week as we advance in the rounds, but obviously it's pretty quiet Bulls-wise. We'll see if anything else comes up uh, in the next week or so. So, have Ricky, have a good weekend. Listeners, have a good weekend, everybody. Take it easy.